0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. This is the Work and Life podcast, which explores how to create harmony among the different parts of life, work, home, community, and the private self, your mind, body, and spirit. Here is your host, founding director of Wharton's Work-Life Integration Project, And author of the bestseller Total Leadership, Professor Stu Friedman.
1: Amy Edmondson is the Novartis Professor of Leadership and Management at Harvard Business School. Her work on teaming, psychological safety, and leadership influences corporate and academic audiences around the world. Her latest book is called The Fearless Organization Creating Psychological Safety in the workplace for learning, innovation, and growth. Her other books include Extreme Teaming, Lessons in Complex Cross-Sector Leadership, which provides new insight into the effective management of global enterprises and teaming across boundaries. She's also the author of Building the Future, Big Teaming for Audacious Innovation, Teaming to Innovate. Amy has published numerous articles in the Harvard Business Review and in leading academic journals. She's been recognized by the biannual Thinkers 50 Global Ranking of Management Thinkers since 2011 and was honored with the Talent Award in 2017. So now, get set to listen to and learn from the world's leading expert on psychological safety at work, about why it's important for you, for your organization in today's knowledge economy, and for your life beyond work, and about the recipe for creating it, whether you're looking up or down the hierarchy. It's Amy Edmondson. Amy Edmondson, welcome to Work and Life.
0: Do thank you so much. I'm I'm actually just smiling from ear to ear. What a <laughs> what a wonderful introduction.
1: Ah, well, I'm thrilled that you are here because uh I know you have so much uh to contribute to the conversation here and to to informing our listeners about a really important issue in the workplace and I would say especially today. Um So before we get into what you've learned about psychological safety, how to create it, what what the difficulties are in creating it, and why it's so important, let me just ask, you've know, you long studied people at work, and more specifically teams at work, has been an important Mm -hmm. area of focus for you. Your latest book really drills down into this issue of psychological safety. So let's start with the basics. What is psychological safety at work?
0: Psychological safety is a belief, you know, often taken for granted, but sometimes one is very acutely aware of it. But it's a belief that I can bring my false self to work. It's, it's a sense that my voice will be welcomed, that I won't be <clears throat> humiliated or made to feel less good about myself if I speak up with work-relevant issues, questions, concerns, and even mistakes.
1: Hmm. So why is this an important issue for organizations today
0: you know in the most fundamental sense it's important because we live in a knowledge economy like we we live in a world in which knowledge and insight and expertise are the currency are the are the source of value creation in so many industries and that's true whether you are working in a factory with sophisticated computer technologies that, that you know, allow uh, new forms of, of controls, or if you're running a global corporation, or if you're a physician, or working in real estate, you name it, it's more and more of the work we do is really knowledge dependent. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of obvious in a way, but if I if I have knowledge and I can't use that knowledge or express that knowledge because I'm Holding back for some reason, then value is lost.
1: So, is is this a widespread problem? Do you have a sense of the the epidemiology, if you will, <laughs> of this uh, of this syndrome of people holding back information that or ideas or perspectives that they're afraid to share or unwilling to share for well, I guess for fear of some kind of reprisal or humiliation or or, or well.
0: Yeah, so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know sometimes I don't. I mean, it, it, most of the time I think it's something much more mundane. You know, I don't really hmm. expect to be fired or you know to be at, outright mocked for something I say. But I just it it might feel wrong if no one else is saying, no one else is speaking. So maybe you're not supposed to speak. It's a sense. Of, it's a sense of what the what the norms are. But uh, a lot of times it's just that very subtle desire to look good to have others think well of you and silence is always less risky than voice let's face it you know i right. can i can you know speak up and it might be like a brilliant insight and i might be thanked for it or um it might be utterly you know mocked or it might be ridiculous and it's always easier to err on the side of holding back
1: i'm just going to keep my mouth shut and i won't get in yeah. trouble
0: Buckle down, you know. I, you know, just, just I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut. And what can go wrong? You know, nobody ever got fired for silence.
1: <laughs> but people definitely do get uh, fired for speaking out, especially if they get if they're speaking out against authority in, in ways that threaten that authority.
0: Absolutely, and and even that's if, happening you know, if in the in the
1: current administration, uh, uh, no, the White no, House. Not, wouldn't you say? Yeah,
0: I mean, in, in the White House, we see lots and lots of evidence of people getting fired for not towing the party line, mm-hmm. and literally, and that's, um, you know, clearly talent is lost, knowledge is lost, you know, energy expertise is lost, and, and, in, and in the corporate sector, we know that that recruitment costs are, are, are high, and, and, you know, the turnover is an expensive problem, and it's also a problem with human costs. So, we don't, you know, we don't want to lose our job, we don't want to have to find a new one mm-hmm. much of the time.
1: So, how widespread would you say this problem is?
0: Well, you know, there's lots. There's different ways to measure it. One challenge here is that people do surveys, and that's that's. And I'll speak from that data in a moment. But Mm -hmm. the reality is, we probably don't know for sure. Like it, it, some of this is is not measured because it's not measurable. We don't. It's hard to. It's hard to. um, You know, it's hard to know when the dog didn't bark. (laughs)
2: Right?
0: <laughs> but let's just say, for example, one study showed that, you know, interviewed a number of people in different industries and, um, you know, basically came up with the percentage that 85% in the study um, could readily recall a time when they had something they believed to be important, useful, valuable. Relevant. Um, relevant at work. and. Mm-hmm they didn't raise it, you know, and, and the reasons for not raising it were, you know, everything from, but, but mostly related to didn't want to look bad, didn't want to, you know, disagree with a higher up, et cetera. Um, so that's sort of one, one study. Um, you know, I think we can draw from the Gallup research on, on engagement, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the fact that a very large percentage of people are kind of essentially disengaged at work, um, and uh, you know, and I think part of that is when you're holding back, you're by definition disengaging. And often, if you're holding back, due to fear, or you know, and it's not it's not high adrenaline pumping fear. It's the kind mm. of just general reluctance to rock the boat, to make a mistake, to stand out. Um, well, mm. and if you're doing, if you're if you're holding back, you're. Feeling disengaged, and if you're feeling disengaged, you're not bringing your, your full self to the work.
1: And what indeed is the cost?
0: Well, I think the costs are immense. And yeah. I think they, they range from the large, you know, the, the, the patient in the hospital who is harmed because a, a frontline caregiver is reluctant to ask a question about a medication dose because here she's just not quite sure but gets the sense that the higher-ups won't be interested in their concern and 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 is able to kind of convince themselves that, well, it's probably right. Like, after all, they know more than I do. I'm mm. sure, you know, all of us have been in that position where we're sort of consciously or subconsciously thinking, oh, I'm sure it's fine, right? They know more than I do, mm. uh, but doesn't raise. So they range from, you know, the hugely consequential the, the
1: life and death
0: patient, life and death, to the hugely consequential business failures. Um, I, I would venture to say that what, what happened, for example, at Wells Fargo can be traced back to um, the absolute reluctance of the frontline sales staff to say, you know, we really can't sell eight financial products per customer. Mm-hmm. People don't have their wallets, don't have the capacity to buy eight mm-hmm. products the the stated strategic goal. You know, cross selling is a good idea as we all know, but to, to say, you know, you're you're gonna not meet your monthly quotas or your team isn't gonna meet its quotas if it doesn't get to a certain number and that certain number just doesn't actually work in reality you know, leads to widespread cover-up and deception and ultimately major scandals and failures. So those are kind of the large the large problems. But I think the smaller and much less visible problems mm-hmm. that accrue from a lack of psychological safety are, you know, the many ideas that don't get raised in a meeting that they may not have been game-changing ideas in their own right, but they might have spurred someone else's idea and led the team to come up with, a better solution a better product a better piece of software or 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 what have you so the 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 value left you know behind isn't easily measurable but we know mm-hmm. it's there and mm-hmm. then there's also i think the human you know you talk a lot about work and life and part of what makes work wonderful is when it is an extension of and an ability to express who you really are. Yes. That you feel that the work I do matters, that it makes a difference in the world, it makes a difference to my colleagues. Like, that's mm-hmm. a very meaningful experience to have. Yes. And it's
1: consequential for other humans, what you do, what you yeah, bring.
0: Yeah, consequential, it matters. Make- and, you know, the less I have psychological safety at work, the more um, it's hard for me to tap into those experiences mm-hmm. because I'm a little bit more consumed with playing it safe
1: well further if you are feeling uh afraid to be yourself to express yourself uh fully uh at work it, it, it it's it's certainly likely that you will in the other relationships in your life particularly in your family let's say uh carry that over um and that's no right so what, what what have you observed about that that spillover that negative spillover if we can call it that from work to family from people feeling psychologically uh inhibited or unsafe
0: you know i think it it is um it's it's draining it's mm-hmm. if i go to work and i'm you know just ever so slightly or a lot on guard all day it takes a lot out of me and then mm-hmm. i come home and it's it's hard then to kind of fully reengage and and you know even bring my full self to home. I'm just tired. I just want to put my feet up, maybe watch some TV.
1: Well, you also feel um, bad about yourself, right?
0: And you feel bad about yourself, right? You don't feel you don't feel excited to tell your family look what I did today and what I contributed mm-hmm. today. I had a and great I,
1: idea in this meeting, but I I couldn't say it, and so I, I just went through the meeting oh, and great. didn't contribute it.
0: Yeah, I'm That's, a coward. You right? don't want
1: to you don't no. want to tell your kids that over dinner, do you?
0: No, you really don't compared to, you know, I had this idea, and you know, I thought it was kind of interesting, but I said it, and then other people jumped on it and said, oh, wait, that, we could build on that and do this, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, by the end of the meeting, we had this brand new idea that none of us could have come up with Mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. And you see, that's a whole other dimension of this, is that so much of the work today is not individual work, right? I don't go to work and do my thing and then go home. I go to work and I interact with other people and we collectively get things done whether it's customer service you know a new product development mm-hmm. a, um you know a strategy work it's 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 something that is the work today is so collaborative and by necessity not just because we love teams which we sometimes do and sometimes don't but mm-hmm. because much of the work is too complex to be done by individual experts, right, In, individual people working alone. So if I go to work and I have to do a lot of work with other people, but I'm not really fully comfortable being with them, I take I take some of that home as well. I just
1: I don't feel as
0: good about myself or about what we accomplished as I would otherwise.
1: Yeah, so there's a business cost, there's an individual cost, and that then spreads into other roles that you play in your life. As the person who really brought the idea of psychological safety into the mainstream of management thought, what have you learned, Amy, about how to create it?
0: Well, you know, it's such a it's such a great question, and I do want to say that, you know, some organizations are intensely fearful and top down and command and control, and you know, people are really kind of trembling uh, to to bring their thoughts forward. But others, it's just a much more subtle, right? Sort of low level, like, gee, I'm not sure I'll be accepted if I say what's on my mind, right? So, but in both cases, the Recipe, i finally decided that, you know, the recipe for mm-hmm. um, cre- making the environment more psychologically safe is pretty simple. Okay. Now, sim- simple doesn't mean easy, but it kind of falls into three categories of of leadership behavior. or, or and, and by the way, leadership could be a team leader, mm-hmm. you know, a branch manager, or really frankly anyone
1: all right so we're wants. speaking mainly to people in positions of authority i'm going to ask later what what do you yeah. do to create psychological okay. safety if you're in a low status role or a Perfect. lower you know, okay, person great. in the hierarchy but for so, for people with authority what can they do
0: for people with authority i think it starts with you know what i like to call stage setting and that's the simple act of reminding people of the nature of the work we do or the nature of the world we live in. You know, the, the hmm. U.S. Army War College has this phrase VUCA, which stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And more and more people I've found in the business world are using that term VUCA because more hmm. and more of us are sort of going, you know, the world's pretty complex, pretty, pretty uncertain. and, and
1: Is that and like ambiguous. FUBAR, another and, military yeah. term?
0: Uh, it, I don't know. What's D- Poobar?
1: Fucked up beyond all recognition? Oh,
0: yes. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Except that's something we did, right? Or something, re- organization we created. Uh-huh. Whereas VUCA is meant to describe the context. The environment we live in I see. increasingly is volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous.
2: Mm-hmm. That and is so, good.
0: So, you know, if I'm a leader, I can and should remind you, the folks that um, are with us. I remind us how, what we're up against. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about the nature of uncertainty today, that no one has a crystal ball, that you just can't see around the next corner, or that the work is inherently interdependent, meaning we're going to have to talk back and forth, so things are just you know, so likely to go wrong. What, what I'm saying here is that this creates the rational basis for why voice why speaking up is mission critical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you might already know those things, but if I remind you
2: mm-hmm.
0: of it, I'm letting you know that I know. So I'm letting you know that it's absolutely, uh, I see it as absolutely valuable and essential um, when you bring your thoughts forward.
1: Very important to, to say that, but of course, if, if right. your other words and actions don't match that belief, then you're probably right. worse no. off than having said nothing.
0: Absolutely, right. I mean, if you say those kinds of things, this makes this sounds good. I read it in a book, but then you sort of act as if you have all the answers and you can never be right. wrong. It's a problem. All right? Right. It's, it's a mismatch.
1: But setting the sure. stage helps and it provides a rationale yeah. for why every voice is needed uh, and, Absolutely. And, 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 and and then
0: and then you've got to be even more proactive and and in, by to invite input, mm-hmm. right? people people are reluctant often to you know, raise their hands proactively. So you've got to do it. And by, by invite, I mean asking good questions, um, acknowledging the very real fact that you might miss something, you know, mm-hmm. that you will miss something. So thing when leaders say things like, I need to hear from you, right? I'm not out there 24-7. I need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, your knowledge is, you know, valuable uh, to us. Mm-hmm. That le- That invites people in when people say, um, when when leaders ask good questions and good questions are those that focus on what matters that indicate you know we need that um, uh, a, a variety of op- you know it's not a yes no question, it's mm-hmm, a question mm-hmm. that, uh, open-ended what are you seeing it's open-ended mm-hmm. but 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 not just you know what's new it's it's open-ended in a targeted way mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, what other options might we consider what ideas do mm-hmm. you have? Good. What are you seeing out there? How are customers reacting? The you know, the, the kind of work relevant uh, material that we want to hear about and you're asking these good questions.
1: So you um, gotta be curious, you gotta be inquiring and express that in a way that demonstrates, especially if you're in a hierarchical position, especially in one in which you're you know, the culture is one where traditionally, you know, people talk top to bottom, not bottom up. Right, you got to be able Bad to say. travel up. This, this is, you know, I, I only have a limited view, and I need your right. view. You know, I, exactly. I can only see so much. I'm sure I'm missing pieces. What can you tell me?
0: I sure, I, yeah, I'm sure I'm missing pieces. What can you tell me? So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, if, and you might think many leaders will think, many managers will think that's obvious. Um,
1: mm-hmm. Of course, I
0: don't know everything. Nobody's omniscient, but it.
1: They know that. They should know obvious,
0: that. But here's the deal. It's like. You know you're not omniscient. They know you're not omniscient, but they don't know you know.
1: So you've got to tell them.
0: You've got to close that gap, right? You go, and that's because, mm-hmm. not because, you know, and the, the, the reason you do it is because that's how you invite people in. And then the third thing is, of course, you know, I can set the stage, I can invite your input, but if the first time you come to me with bad news, I bite your head off. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be the last time you
1: that was so that. stupid. Are you kidding? Get out of here,
0: right, right. I can't believe that, or
1: mm. you know
0: um you know or or just get really upset or angry, and that hmm. that shuts it down so the third thing is really to respond productively, okay, and a productive response is one that I think fundamentally appreciates the effort the courage, whatever even even just a low at a low level mm-hmm. um that it took. To share your thoughts, right? so it's like thank you hmm. so much. That's really interesting, right? Think about that. That's just a small, it's a small reward of thanks. And then, hmm. you know, going a little deeper, a productive response might say, "Wow, what can we do to help?" Right. So, there's a, a greater reward of an offer of help, um, an offer hmm. of perspective, an opportunity to maybe bring a team together and and figure out how we might. Uh, move forward in this area.
1: Now, what if the idea really is stupid or it seems Great. like I, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, Amy? Uh, so, what? So, huh?
0: Reaction one I mean, the, you know, the first line of uh, the first reflex ought to be curiosity. If I have no idea what you're talking about, I need to ask, a, you know, I need to inquire. I need to understand it better. It's like, okay, hold on, hold on, Stu. I. There might be something there. I'm not yet getting it. Hel- mm-hmm. Help me understand. Give, mm-hmm. le- let, me, let me make sure, you know, le- let me try to understand what it is you're, what you're saying. Um, now, that's, so that's one I just didn't understand, right? But the, mm-hmm. the, and the second category, as you rightly suggest, is I, you say something, and I think it really is stupid idea. Let's just, you know, we'll call it that. For shorthand,
2: yes. Mm-hmm. What I
0: don't want to say is, do that's a really stupid idea. What I do want to say is, that's interesting. Um, I have some concerns, and here's why. In mm-hmm. other words, I do still have an obligation to educate, you mm-hmm. know, to develop. Mm-hmm. Part of the job of, of leaders and managers everywhere is to develop others. Um, and so, uh, you know, until I have completely written you off as an you know, um, incorrigible case,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: I have an obligation to kind of, kind of say, well, here, here's what I see as the concern there now, I might be missing something, but let me let me give it a shot, right? Mm-hmm. So, in other words, the ultimately what I what my responsibility is, whether you bring me something brilliant or the opposite, is to coach and develop. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think that there is a risk that people recognize. That if I, tr- you know, if I make the world, if I make the environment, the work environment psychologically safe, then maybe people are just going to start coming to me with every foolish idea they ever had.
1: Of course, uh, you know, it uh, turns
0: out I think that risk is is overstated. Um, uh-huh. It's, it's it- um, you know, we worry about that more than the, real- the reality is, mm-hmm. and this I think we can support pretty clearly with the research. The reality is that most people at work are putting the threshold voice too high hmm. not too low
1: what do you mean like we
0: have a long way to push it down from mm-hmm. the too high you know the level where I don't speak up unless I'm 95 percent sure that what I have to say is brilliant and helpful mm-hmm. um, to the level where at least it's a jump
1: ball but there is and, the opposite yeah. problem is there not of uh, there are organizations where the you know it's sort of compulsory. Or at least managers feel that it's compulsory that they hear everything, and right. and, and so as that know, is out yeah. there as a you know in the the world as of political a, correctness. Yes. So so how is psychological safety different than a politically correct uh, environment in yeah. which you know anyone who has any issue any can say anything can they to, want about anything?
0: Stage, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a really important question, and it's so helpful because I want to try to be clear. So first and foremost, psychological safety isn't a panacea, or, nor is it the only dimension for excellence in a knowledge-intensive world. It's it's one crucial dimension, mm-hmm. but the other one we we could give it a lot of different names. But for the moment, I'm going to give it the name discipline, and it mm-hmm. really it's okay. a discipline of good process and good clarity about why we're here and what we're what what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Right so if our goal is clear, you know we're trying to plan this event or develop this product um, that's the goal and it's absolutely crucial that we mm-hmm. you know get all the input we that. can that we get the knowledge, get the ideas that we can, but it's also absolutely crucial that we get somewhere and that we finish mm-hmm. our our project in, in in a timely way so we're always balancing. You know the the Mm -hmm. the goals of inclusion against the goals of efficiency.
1: Now, Amy, I was uh, wanting to know if you know, looking up the hierarchy, what Mm -hmm. what can you do? You're working for someone who makes you feel afraid, Mm -hmm. and not just in terms of uh, you know Mm -hmm. sexual harassment. For let's you know put put real terror aside, or something Mm -hmm. you know like that. What um, you know if, if you're If you're afraid to to come forward with your ideas, what can you do?
0: Yes, no, I'm I'm glad you put real terror aside because I don't want to imply that, you know, when you are really, your amygdala is really captured, you're really anxious, you're, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck are standing up, that you can kind of muster the behaviors to, uh, um, you know, make a huge difference. I think that's Mm -hmm. a lot to ask. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. But just more generally, I think I would just start by, you know, if you feel... It's really there's two. Po- one question is: Is there anything I can do, given that I'm not the boss? And I think that there's an answer to that. And the other question is: Is there anything I can do if it, it seems to me that my I have a very difficult boss? You know. A, a, a boss who just really is intimidating
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and doesn't engender a sense of psychological safety. And I'll start with that one. And yes, because you know, many
1: people listening work for somebody like that or think that they're working for somebody like that. How do you cope? What, do you, what you know, can you think,
0: do? You know, I think this isn't an easy thing to do, but I, I also think it is a powerful thing to do, but is to kind of remind yourself um, to be curious. You know, if someone is coming across mm-hmm. as uh, a, a, a jerk um, mm-hmm. in some way or as is, is just totally closed to feedback or tyrannical, all, but others tyrannical, you know, like try and say, gee, you know, I wonder why. Like, I wonder why he's that way or she's that way. Um, right. Because at least it's sort of the, it's it's the it's taking you in the direction of the benefit of the doubt. So if hmm. you can get yourself curious, then at least you're being scientific about it. You're kind of saying, huh, this is a puzzle, right? And there might, gosh, who knows, they might have something going on at home. They may have been brought up this way. They may have had a boss that acted like this, and they think this is how you're supposed to mm-hmm. behave. But be curious and be, you know, be, be a little bit compassionate because it probably isn't that much fun uh, to be that way. Um, but then, and then kind of, stop and remind yourself your job isn't to change them. Your mm-hmm. job is to be yourself and to bring yourself to work as best you possibly can. And I think the best way to have a modest influence on someone who may appear to be tyrannical is to be your best self, you know, mm-hmm. and ask good questions and... and, and Ask for help. You know, even ask for feedback. Like, ask that person: um, is is there, are there things that you would like to see me do more of? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. sort of get get curious about um, how they're seeing you as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And 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 just remember that they are, whatever you're up against, they're up against stuff too. They also have a boss. They also have other challenges and, and other constraints. So we're kind of, you know. Choosing to assume that underneath it all, they 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 have positive intentions, so you're coding their behavior as ineffective rather than as ill-intentioned.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, and I think that helps in a in a funny way. You're then putting yourself um, in a almost not it's not you're not going to be teaching them, but you're putting yourself in a higher place than you. Are feeling you're well saying. if you're
1: able to transcend the the, right. the pain really of, of being right. in an oppressive uh, environment. Because
0: it's painful. It is painful. Yeah. So you're trying. You're trying to say, okay, I recognize this is painful, and I'm not. I'm going to try to choose to not have it get to me. I'm going to try to choose to, you know know who I am, um, um, ultimately. So and,
1: assuming positive at- intent, I mean, that can take you so far, uh, mm-hmm. because that, you know, assuming you and I, yes. that there is indeed right. positive intent there. But what if there's not?
0: Right. Well, what if it's not? Okay, you know, it, there. I would say, I don't have numbers on this, but I would say that most of the time um, we... When someone is coming across in a way that is really debilitating to you, to to my performance, Mm -hmm. to
2: you, Mm -hmm.
0: um, um, that's not their goal. Like, most of the time, they're unaware of the impact.
2: Hmm.
0: They're unaware the impact they're having is negative, to be sure, and it's not their intention, right? Their intention is to hold high standards or to motivate Mm -hmm. people to work really hard,
1: Right? Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm.
0: they're, you know. To to deliver, is yeah. If I don't They're if anywhere. I don't stomp
1: my feet, then you know, then you're just going to be lazy. Exactly. You darn they millennial. Have
0: a, they have a theory, right? <laughs> they have a theory of what it means to be a good manager, which is mm-hmm. maybe not a very good theory, but that's where it comes from. It doesn't come from a desire to torment during the day. Um, you know. Now, your prior question suggests. Well, you know, there will be the occasional person who really just gets off on being a tyrant. Mm -hmm. And I don't really, there's not much we can do about them. You know, ultimately, if we're trying to help people in the workplace who are in that situation, I think our best suggestion is to help them polish up their resume, right? Help them get reassigned to a different team or a different organization. Find a
1: different place to be.
0: But (laughs) nine times out of ten, I think that's...
1: Nine times out of ten
0: necessary. I'm making that up.
1: Uh, okay. But, but still, most in your experience, time, most of the time it's a fixable problem?
0: Yeah, I think most of the time it's a fixable problem. It might not be, you know, me, the subordinate, I might not be the person to coach my boss, but most of the time that person is coachable. Because what I want to say is most of the time people are blind, all of us mm-hmm. necessarily are blind to the impact we're having on others unless we stop to ask them.
1: So if, let's say I'm your boss and and you see me you know, you feel like I'm I'm acting in a way that is not uh encouraging your contributions, but you yes. know that I might be sensitive to your telling me that. Right. How would you um, approach my, me?
0: You know, I, I, I do think in that situation it's gonna have to be one on one. I'm not gonna do it, obviously, mm-hmm. in front of you know, a number of other people. But I might say, Hey Stu, um do you have a few minutes?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I just I I have an issue I wanna I want to talk to you about. You say yes, and then I say, um, I might say something like, "It's probably just me, but I'm." Mm-hmm. Um, I want to share with you the impact such and such a behavior, which mm-hmm. hopefully is recent and concrete enough for me to relay mm-hmm.
2: it to mm-hmm. you. Know? Um, uh,
0: like when you interrupted me in that meeting, I immediately concluded that you thought my idea was, was unhelpful or I immediately concluded that you really didn't want to hear from me. No,
1: we were just running out of time. I had to get on with the rest of the meeting agenda. No, it's no biggie.
0: Okay, so that's helpful. <laughs> um and 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 um and, and I really am I really am delighted to hear that because I I was starting to think maybe I should just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um and not not okay. share my thinking. I that now, helps, that helps me to on say,
1: on, uh, to just, uh, no, 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 boring. need to hear from you, Amy. That's important, and I'm glad mm-hmm. we clarified that. And so, yeah, problem yeah. solved. That makes it easy for me to correct my own behavior.
0: Right, right. I mean, you know, again, I think most people, at least we ought to act as if, most people want to learn, want to be better, want mm-hmm. to be better at their job. I mean, all of us would love to be great, you know, 100% great right now without having to do any more learning. But realistically, we know that's not possible. So we have to, you know, we have to put ourselves in harm's way. We have to put ourselves mm. in, in the path of learning, of continual learning. improvement. Learning.
1: That is the goal um, of all of this. Uh, I have one last question for you, a question I've been asking everybody on the show this year. Uh, you've addressed it a, a bit, but I'd like to get further thoughts on how you bring compassion to your working life, Amy.
0: I mean, for others or for myself? Well,
1: for, for well, either. You know, I think
0: I, I bring it by stepping back to remind myself of what's at stake. And for me, mm-hmm. what's at stake is, you know, this aspiration to help create meaningful work so that people can feel good about themselves, what they're contributing, and then come home and bring that sense of excitement and meaning to their families to their home lives.
1: To their world. Thank you so much, Amy. That's uh, inspiring. I uh, really appreciate your joining me and our our listeners on the show today. How can people find out more about your books and the rest of your work in brief? Oh,
0: thank you so much. Go to the HBS Harvard Business School website and my faculty page. Um, and uh, you can also find the book on Amazon and find the book on, on the Wiley site. The publisher is Wiley. Fantastic. And uh, I really um, enjoyed spending the time with you.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Harvard Business School professor Amy Edmondson and that you got some useful insights about psychological safety at work and what it means for you, your work and your life. So here is a challenge for you, an invitation. If you have some authority over others, see if you can make it a bit more safe for people to tell you what's really on their minds so they can feel more respected and more a part of what it is that you're doing together. Set the stage, invite them to contribute, and look for ways to respond to their ideas with curiosity and compassion. What happens when you deliberately try to make it easier for people to speak up without fear? Alternatively, if you're not in a position of authority and are perhaps feeling some fear at work, what might you try to remind yourself to be curious and compassionate in understanding why your boss or others are acting in such a way as to inhibit your contributions. Maybe things will look and feel a bit different if you just step back for a minute to ask. Well, whatever you try, I love to hear from listeners about their experiments in seeking greater harmony at work and in the rest of life. So please get in touch with me directly Friedman at or on Twitter at Stu Friedman. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work and Life. This conversation was originally recorded on my weekly radio show on Sirius XM 111, business radio powered by Wharton. Tune in for live broadcasts of Work and Life on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. For more about today's guest, And about previous guests, check out our blog at workandlifepodcast.com. Join the conversation by commenting there or tweeting at Stu Friedman. And for more ideas and tools for creating harmony among the different parts of life, check out our website, totalleadership.org, and my book, Total Leadership, Be a Better Leader, Have a Richer Life. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends, family, and co-workers. Until next time, I'm your host, Stu Friedman, and I thank you for joining me. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.